Well, good morning. Welcome to Central Presbyterian Church, where we seek the transformation of our lives, our community, and the world through the transforming work, the renewing work of Jesus Christ, all for the glory of God. I'm not Pastor Ben Zing. (laughs) I guess you know that by now. Sadly, he is not feeling well today. My name is Charles Godwin. I am the pastor of congregational care here at Central. Also, because I got the call to relieve late in the game, our text is not Galatians. (laughs) Instead, we'll be looking at John chapter 10, the first 18 verses which you can find on page 896 of your Pew Bible. Aside from John 3.16, which is one of, if not, the most quoted verse in Scripture, another often quoted or printed passage of Scripture is Psalm 23. In the summers when I was growing up, my mom worked, my aunt, her sister worked, and so my grandmother kept me and my cousins And I remember one summer, my grandmother had me and my cousins memorize Psalm 23 in the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Old Testament is full of references about God being a shepherd to his people. This is just one of the more popular. Friends, one feature of John's gospel is Jesus's I am statements. And in these statements, when Jesus says, I am, it carries the very weight for God speaking in the first person. So in today's text, when we read Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd, you think about for those who heard it the first time, it would bring back all sorts of images from the Old Testament for his hearers. Like what we just read, Jesus is saying to them, I'm your shepherd who maketh you to lie down in green pastures. I am your shepherd who leadeth you beside the still waters. I'm your shepherd who restoreth your soul. So today we're going to study this passage that includes Jesus' statement, I am the good shepherd. Let me pray for us, and then we'll read the Scriptures. Our Father, we thank You for Your great love for us in Jesus, our Good Shepherd. We pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that You would give us soft hearts, help us not to harden our hearts, 
Help us to see and believe in Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen. John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold, enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who has a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock... One shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. I read an excerpt from a book by Philip Keller entitled, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And in this book, he writes, even the largest, fattest, strongest, and sometimes healthiest sheep can become cast and be a casualty. The way it happens, he writes, is this, a heavy, fat, long-fleeced sheep will lie down comfortably in some hollow or depression in the ground. It may roll on its side slightly to stretch out and relax. Suddenly, the center of gravity in the body shifts so that it turns on its back far enough that its feet no longer touch the ground. It may feel a sense of panic and start to paw frantically. Frequently, this makes things only worse. It rolls over even further, and now it's impossible to regain its feet. He goes on to discuss other problems of sheep. He says they're not very smart animals. They have a hard time finding food. They wander off, sometimes into open fires, and they burn to death or into rivers and lakes, and they drown. His point is this. They are completely helpless. 
In our text today, the word sheep is used a number of times. And in the scriptures, sheep is usually connected with God's people, not just any person. I heard a pastor say this, quote, you are not a sheep just because you're born. You're a sheep because God makes you one. He brings you into his fold. And that would seem to make sense. Looking at our text today, people try to get in the fold through other ways, but Jesus is the only way. And we'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. But what I want us to understand here at the beginning of this message is this image of us being sheep. It's not a very appealing one. We're sort of idiots, right? We're not very smart. We're utterly helpless. And we don't like to think like that. We don't live in a society that tells us that about ourselves. In fact, we are the most enlightened of any society. And truthfully, we don't want to think like that. But that's the image of our text for us. It is the image of us at other places in the scriptures too. Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Paul alludes to our helplessness before God when he writes, there's no one righteous, not even one. And then he says, while we were still sinners, utterly helpless, Christ died for us. In 1875, Philip Bliss wrote these words. We sing them as a hymn. Guilty, vile, and helpless we. Spotless Lamb of God was He. Full atonement? Can it be? Hallelujah. What a Savior. So this hymn writer states it. Paul and Isaiah do as well. John does today in our text. We are guilty, vile, Helpless sheep. And because we're sheep, we need Jesus, our good shepherd. This morning, we're going to look at what it is that we need and receive from Jesus, our good shepherd. One thing we see in our text that we need and receive from Jesus is to be known by him. John writes, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. And my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. The psalmist in Psalm 139 writes that we are known so intimately that it goes back before our birth. My frame, he writes, was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Jesus, when talking to his disciples, he encourages them not to fear, and he tells them, even all the numbers of your hair, head, hairs of your head are numbered. And Isaiah writes, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, 
for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. As sheep, we need to be known. And we are known by Jesus, our good shepherd. One scholar writes this. He says, Jesus knows us in the most profound ways. He knows our past with its failures and hurts. He knows our present with its unrealized longings. He knows us in the most intimate ways. He knows our needs. He knows our deepest longings. He knows our sin and brokenness. And he calls us his. We need his voice to call us, to lead us, to protect us. John writes, the shepherd hear, the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all out all his own, he goes before him. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee for him from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then John goes on to write, And I have other sheep not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So I want you to imagine for a moment sheep in this communal corral. And what I mean by a communal corral is there's more than one flock in there. So shepherds put their sheep in for a time of feeding, for watering, for rest. And when a particular group of sheep's shepherd calls, they know his voice. Other shepherds may come in and call, but Jesus' sheep only follow his voice. A couple of notes for us here. First, where do we hear the voice of God? Where is it revealed to us? It's in his word, right? It is important for us to know his word. It's important for us to know his voice so that we can recognize it. The psalmist says when we meditate on God's word, we're like a tree planted by streams of water, firm and secure. So friends, if you hear or you read something that claims to be from God, but it's contrary to his word, his voice to us, beware, beware of following that. Secondly, I heard a pastor ask this question, quote, to whom is the voice of Jesus the good shepherd directed? And he answers to his sheep. And then he says this, it's easy to aim application at others when you hear God's word saying, I wish blank had heard that message when it needs to be aimed directly at us. We need to be known by him and we need his voice. Something else we see in our text we need and receive from Jesus, our good shepherd, is his provision and protection. First, his provision. Jesus ultimately provides life for his sheep. In verse 9, John writes, I am the door. Anyone who enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. This is similar language here to another one of Jesus' I am statements, also in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
I heard someone say, it's like Jesus is saying, I don't offer it. I don't teach it. I am it. I am the way. I am the door. And then he said this, if someone's trying to get you to do an end run around Jesus, to tell you there is another way, or maybe Jesus is important, but you also have to do X or Y, that person is a thief or a robber. Beware. This takes us back to John's main purpose for us, for the readers and hearers of his gospel, which if you were at the sunrise service, you heard Cole preach these very words from John 20. John writes about his gospel, these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. I read earlier, we like sheep go astray. Each of us turns to his own way, and the Lord lays on him the iniquity of us all. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, our good shepherd, ultimately provides life for us. But he also protects us. And we see that in our text too. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And then a little later in John 10, I didn't read this, but I'm going to now. Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus protects and keeps us I read a story about a famous preacher. His name was G. Campbell Morgan. He was traveling across the Atlantic on a steamer. He noticed among the passengers was this man, Sir George Adam Smith, who at that time was one of the most famous Old Testament scholars. So you have this greatest preacher of the day, Morgan, and this Old Testament scholar, Smith, and they had a great time, the story says, as they traveled together. Morgan said among the tales Sir George told of the East was this one. He was one day traveling with a guide and he came across a shepherd and his sheep. He fell into conversation with the shepherd. The man showed him the fold into which the sheep were led at night. It consisted of four walls with one way in. Sir George said to him, that's where they go at night. And the shepherd said, yes. And when they are in there, they are perfectly safe. Sir George said, but there's no door. The shepherd said, I am the door. He was not a Christian man, so he wasn't necessarily speaking the language of the New Testament, but he was speaking from his standpoint as a shepherd. Sir George looked at him and said, what do you mean by you are the door? The shepherd said this, he said, when the light goes away and all the sheep are inside, I lie in the open space, and no sheep ever goes out but across my body, and no wolf comes in unless he crosses my body. I am the door. Friends, Jesus, our good shepherd, 
is our protector and keeper. This passage is a great comfort to us as we live with our brokenness and sin in a sinful, broken world. The enemy would want us to believe that our sin disqualifies us from being sheep. But in our sheepishness, we're prone to wander. We go astray. And Jesus, our good shepherd, says no one, not even our sin, not even ourselves, can snatch us out of his hand. Now, I'm not advocating that life in Christ means we get to do just whatever we want. That's not a changed life. As sheep of Jesus, the good shepherd, we now live lives where we struggle. Clay preached that last Sunday. We struggle with sin and brokenness. We fight against it with the spirit that Jesus, our good shepherd, has left in us. Sometimes the fight is more difficult than others. Sometimes we retreat. What qualifies us to receive Jesus' provision and protection? Is it that we're good sheep? Is it that we always listen? Is it that we always fight? Is it that we always follow perfectly? No, that is not John's message. John's message is that if you believe Jesus is the Christ, He has done what you cannot do for yourselves by His perfect life, death, burial, and resurrection. And that by believing, you may have life in His name. It is by His wounds that you are healed. What qualifies you and me to receive Jesus, our Good Shepherd's provision and protection? It is His unconditional mercy and love beyond measure. It is that we are His sheep. The ones He calls by name, knows, provides for, and protects. Just a short note here. Jesus, as our good shepherd, that's the model for our shepherding ministry at Central. It's why we divide our congregation into flocks. And our shepherds strive to serve you in this way. To call you by name. To know you. To care for you. I've said this before. If you have a need, please reach out and share it with your shepherds. They would love to know you. To care for you to pray for you, to provide for you. I just saw it happen last night. Someone said they needed a ride to church today, and one of our shepherds reached out and has brought them. And if you don't know your shepherd, you think you don't have one or you want one, please let me know. I'll tell you this, it can be a tangible way when you reach out to your shepherds that you experience Jesus, your good shepherd's care. Well, I heard a story about Navy SEALs, and it actually was recounted by a former SEAL. He said this, something that was instilled in our training was teamwork. Did I say instilled? I meant rammed home with a jackhammer. Teamwork. They slam that word at you every other minute. Teamwork, teamwork, teamwork. This all comes back to that ironclad seal folklore, we never leave a man behind on the battlefield. Dead or alive, no man is ever left alone. 
Whatever the risk to the living, however deadly the opposing fire, seals will fight through the jaws of death to recover the remains of a fallen comrade. And boy, does that end up being relevant because that is what happens to one's best friends. He says this, it's a strange thing really, but it's not designed to help widows or parents of lost men. It's designed for the seals who actually do the fighting. There's something about coming home and we all want to achieve that, preferably alive. But there is a certain private horror about being killed and being left behind in a foreign land. No grave at home, no loved ones to visit your final resting place. He says, I know that sounds kind of nuts, but nonetheless, it's true. Every one of us treasures that knowledge. No matter what, I will not be left behind. I will be taken home. Even the remains flying home in a coffin have an armed seal standing guard over it. Guarding it from what you may ask, who cares? We said we never leave him and we don't ever leave him. Friends, Jesus, your good shepherd, never leaves or forsakes you in this life and in the one to come. So in the unknowns of life, in the unexpected changes, the battles we face with sin, whether it's our own or the sin and brokenness around us, what's going to carry us through? Is it how well we fight? Is it how well we accomplish our task list or how well we treat other people? Is it a relationship with a certain friend and they won't leave us behind? Is it our disciplined lives? Is it that we never fail? No. Because we are sheep, we are utterly helpless. And we need a shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd who never ever walks away from us. He never leaves us or forsakes us, as I said, in this life or in the one to come. He knows us. He calls us by name. He provides for us. He protects us. He lays down his life for his sheep. Pray with me. Our good shepherd, Jesus, we thank you for your great love for us and that you lay down your lives for us. You lay down your life for our lives. Have mercy on us. Help us to believe. Encourage and strengthen us with this truth as we leave today and go live our lives of faith. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.